You've been listening to the podcast, the new author, Uncle Michon, I'm Not Your Black, from Louisville, Kentucky. This conversation, the family, you're my family. There's a difference between demanding respect, which I find that right. a lot of people in positions of power, they demand respect. And then there's that commanding respect, which those right. people are leaders. And in the military, I had some of the best leaders, not just NCOs and officers, but leaders. Leaders. And that, that helped mentor me. That was about men being positive role models on men. It's about teaching men. chivalry, teaching respect, and teaching right. men how to command. Now, I work, I've worked with some shitty-ass directors in this business. There's one particular up north. He is a scumbag piece of shit who he always demands, you will respect me. Bitch, you haven't earned my respect. Okay? And, it, and it's, it's usually places that I go, I present myself in a manner that was taught to me by my father and then confirmed to me by many NCOs, by my uncles, don't ever be somebody's bitch. I'm not going to cower to you because you walk in. Prime example, yesterday I was working with a wonderful plastic surgeon team. Uh, two female surgeons. And she goes, you can call me. I'm not going to say her name. She says, you can call me. And she told me her first name. I went, no, no, no disrespect. I'm going to call you doctor. I said, your title dictates my behavior. And this is a sign of respect. And that's why you get a yes, ma'am. Or you get a no, ma'am. And that's what you get. We're in a professional environment. Now, if we are to be out in public somewhere and we happen to see each other at a restaurant, and yeah, sure, I'll call you by your first name all day. But there's still the level of respect there. And that's where young men and women, let's just be honest here, are losing it in today's society. You don't have been taught how to command it, respect. It has to do with the character of the individual. Character. Exactly. That's why that it, it has to do with the character of the individual. Uh, the color of your skin does not automatically make you less or more than, but the character of how you present yourself tells a lot about who you are and where you come from. And it's about what you actually have learned to overcome to be the person that you are. I really like what you just said. It's not about you demanding respect. It's about you learning how to command respect. And you don't command respect by bullying people. This LBGTQ environment, okay, they are yeah. demanding respect, but they're not commanding respect, okay? You follow what I'm saying? When you have yeah. to broadcast your rainbow, which you stole in the rainbow, that's another conversation in itself. You stole sure. in the sure. rainbow, okay? You got to plaster it all on your clothing. You got to put it in the restaurant. You got to, everywhere you go, you see this rainbow. I don't see that as a demanding, commanding respect. I see that as bullying yourself to be respectful. And what they don't realize is that they are actually alienating themselves because people who, listen, how is it that the smallest demographics of people is bullying the majority, the demographics of Americans, to believing and taking. And then, as I am a descendant of American slaves, my culture of people who has been born in this skin color, okay, could not get no respect, even when we tried to demand respect, even back then 
my culture, my brothers, my father and uncles were trying to command respect. And because no commanding respect at all back in the early 60s and 30s, they could allow yeah. them to be able to get respect. They will only view based on the color of their skin. But the LBGTQ thinks that they can bully and bully themselves in there to make somebody respect them, which is a difference than commanding respect. This all the time. I work in a field, not only in the medical field, we deal with all kinds of race, gender, everything. And I've always been respectful if somebody, what if, if a young, if a man decides that he's more comfortable living as a woman, I respect that. I call you she, her, I treat you as I would any of my other female friends. The same with a female to male. I'm the same way. And my gay friends, it's never a thing. Like the fact that I'm explaining my gay friends is not how I explain them. And I was like, hey, my buddy over here. It's not like I said, right. hey, my gay buddy over here. Right. The only thing they ever wanted and for the most, especially the older generation of our of my gay friends, they just want to be accepted. And when they actually got acceptance, that wasn't enough. And so the LGBTQ community started to, okay, you accept it now. Well, now that I have you accepting it, now I want you to want you to reform your entire opinion about everything. It's like, okay, you're going a little too far, but all right. Okay, all right. <laughs> And now they want us all celebrating it. They want our kids out there in gay pride. And I'm sorry, you lost my respect with the gay pride thing when I watched a video of grown naked men yeah. twerking in front of children. Enough is enough. Go. I have to stand up and say, you know what? You don't have my respect anymore. Okay, we're done here. Now, let me say this, that the majority of the LGBTQ community does not follow their community that way. They don't believe in that. I said, hello, bro. Hey, let me wait, clean, wait. Uh, Let me let's back and roll up right here, Slick. Is that, that ain't that type of party. <laughs> ain't that type of party. I, I, can, I can allow you to be who you are and I can be. But the moment that you now want to turn my friendly love or respect of trying to give you your opportunity to be who you are and now all of a sudden you want to turn that around and you want to tell me how you haven't feelings for me listen how you need to back that you listen that. put your feelings in your pocket bro and put it back roll it back in does that right. make me homophobic because i'm not attracted to guys no that's exactly exactly, exactly. let me put this out there nobody is actually scared of anyone gay see they all right. keep using that word homophobic Phobic is a fear. Homophobia, I am not scared that, oh my God, there's a gay guy. I'm, I'm going to get the gay. No, nobody is scared of gay people. Quit using that word. You're idiotic. Hey, Sean, very, wow. <laughs> That's the first time I actually heard said that. Very good. I am not fear of anyone who's gay. Let's jump right into the conversation. There's a difference between the generations born before 1960 and the generation. Now, you and I are born after 1960. If you will read my book, I come from a very dysfunctional family. And that family that I come from is because my mother and father and my generation were trying to, how can I 
they was kind they were trying to deal with what they had to deal with from the generation that they were born into from the older generation of racism the Mitch mm-hmm. McConnells the Clintons the the Bidens the also the Jesse Jacksons the Sharptons the Farrakhan's and everything in the manner that they handle things and I truly want to just put this on out here you all of you are upset that we have President Trump looking for a second term in 2024. In all actuality, he should have probably never got the first term, okay? In all actuality, if the older generation like Mitch McConnell or the Republican Party during that time would have treated President Obama differently than they treated him. And a lot of people don't understand. I am a military person. I know for a fact they disrespected Obama as my commander-in-chief on the floor of the Senate floor. They disrespected him as the president of the United States. I heard it with my own ears. I couldn't believe the disrespect that Mitch McConnell And I say Mitch McConnell because he was the lead. He went alone and he carried on that racist ideology point of view and everything. And so the whole world watched it. President Obama, the man never grew up from the hood. When we say someone is black, we for all of you that don't understand, when we say that someone black, we're really speaking of those who are actually descendants of American slaves. Those people who were born and raised on the soil of America, bred from one of the 15 original slave states that actually manufactured and produced slaves that went ahead and provided free laboring and everything. And- I heard that numerous times in... It is what it is. President Obama was not my favorite. But see what I did there? I said President Obama. He still commanded the, the title. He still commanded. My sister is of your generation, right after the baby boomers, right before the Gen Xers. She's like 1963. Yes. Uh, she's 14 so she's a baby boomer in the middle. She's a baby boomer in, in, in the, the middle. middle. In the middle. And she's always been that way as well. And it's just about, like, I have been so blessed in my life. My mother has uh, two sisters and three brothers. Those brothers, my Uncle Lou, my Uncle Phil, my Uncle Charlie, my Uncle Phil's retired first sergeant, United States Army. That's why I went to Fort Benning, my first duty assignment. Mm. Great mentor to me. My Uncle Roger, my dad's got two brothers. My Uncle Roger, my Uncle Eddie. Great mentors to me. My Uncle Lou, I just saw him again over the couple weekends ago. And... The thing about, I think what we're going is that, like I said, that they always mentored me in a way. Now, we've talked about this numerous times, Ms. Shorn, and I have absolutely no shame in it because I have grown since then. When I joined the military in 1996, I was a racist little prick. I admitted that. I've admitted that to numerous people. I'm not trying to hide who I was. Right. It's just, it is what it is. I can't take back how I was in my past, but I was ignorant. Now, there's a difference between being unintelligent and ignorant. Ignorant, you can be taught. Okay. Unintelligent, there's just no how. You just, problem is that 
we miss the ball with Gen Xers because we're the, like I said, we're the I don't give a shit generation. Our parents right. were never home. We played outside all the time. And now, like, we Lack, have, the last kids, you last kids. kids. We have failed in raising our kids. Right. Because we tried to be that. We're like, well, I'm not going to do what my parents did. And then I find it funny when I find my generation that says, I'm not raising my child the way that I was raised because my parents, blah, blah, blah. As they're sitting in their $450,000 home while they drive their new BMW to become wow. to their lawyer. Wow to their law office where they're a lawyer and I'm like yeah your parents really fucked up didn't they Ugh. you're just a wreck god so sorry lawyer <laughs> I take responsibility for my generation as far as fucking up these kids because now they are so entitled and they have to have a trophy they have to be reaffirmed of everything oh my goodness you just walked up that step Hercules Hercules would you knock that shit off? I'm 20 years old, elder, but that doesn't make no difference. You are someone who also can recognize the wrong of your generation. It's very mm -hmm. rare that you find your generation of individuals willing to honestly say, listen up, we fucked up. We jacked up. Want to own up to our portion of responsibility that we failed. But I mm -hmm. am conscious about this. That video of Sidney Poitier talking to his father. You tell me what rights I've got or haven't got and what I owe to you for what you've done for me. I owe you nothing. If you carried that bag a million miles, you did what you were supposed to do. Because you brought me into this world. And from that day, you owed me everything you could ever do for me. Like I will owe my son if I ever have another. But you don't own me. You can't tell me when or where I'm out of line or try to get me to live my life according to your rules. You don't even know what I am, Dad. You don't know who I am. You don't know how I feel, what I think. And if I tried to explain it the rest of your life, you will never understand. You and your whole lousy generation believes the way it was for you is the way it's got to be. And not until your whole generation has lain down and died will the dead weight of you be off our backs. Dad, you're my father. I'm your son. I love you. Okay, was before his time. I believe that video and that movie is a time capsule for our generation today. Okay, I believe, sure. and I would ask and request that everybody listen to what Sidney Poitier says to his father, and he specifically it's literally similar to what I've had to say to my father, what I've had to say to my mother, is literally what I've had to say to the Dr. Nazar, uses an example. I had to speak to him to get him. It's literally what you said to the doctor who was disrespecting you. You literally said, look at here, buddy. Okay, get off my back with that nonsense you bring it to me, all right? I'm not going to have you talk to me and treat me that way. You will allow me to be the man that out. I am. Does that make sense? Yeah. President Trump allowed my demographics of men balls to drop and become men when he looked around and looked back at you to you loyal, straight, heterosexual men that was like fourth and fifth 
thought about in your own party that you have given 90% of your voting rights to, he looked around to you and said, what the hell do you have to lose by voting for me? Because basically he said, you're already yeah. fucked. Exactly. <laughs> Am I right, Shawnee? He literally yeah. turned around, looked y'all in the face and said, look at here. If you want a chance to let it drop, okay, I know I squeezed a little. Trump said, I know I squeezed a little, but I'm a heterosexual, baby. That's what he said. I'm a heterosexual man, all right? That's literally what he was saying, okay? I'm a heterosexual man. And, yo, I believe in God, but I believe in God in my way, and this is what. But guess what? I am speaking my truth, and I'm rolling. He literally told us culturally as a demographic of men, do you have a pair? Yes or no? Are you going to continue allowing yourself to be played, hustled, and taken advantage of by the Democrat exactly. body? If you want something different, come on, baby. I'm there for you. Sean, am I right or yeah. wrong? A hundred percent. Most of the time I've had conversations with people about, and, oh, Trump, fuck Trump, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, why? He shouldn't be on Twitter. I'm like, that's your argument? He shouldn't be on Twitter. The problem that people, most people have with President Trump, and yeah, I'm, I love when people call me a Trump supporter. I'm like, okay, Biden supporter. There, we both used adjectives. I don't know where we're going to go from here. But right. he spoke how I like personally, because he's just like, look, boom, here it is. Everybody else dances around here. And I don't know why there are so many... I hate using the term people of color because I think that's a ridiculous term. I think it's insulting. For one, that's my personal opinion. It's like somebody saying white privilege to me. I find yeah, that's why in my book I'm giving people, if I'm saying I'm not your black, then what am, I, what am I telling you I want to be known as? I want to honor the first generation. Just so you saw, you never hear me have to talk to you. So this first time you've been on. The whole entire reason why, and I, I want, to get more of your demographics of people and your generation, generation X to really embrace this. And I'm speaking as now as an elder. And I'm, I'm really, I'm gonna take this position so you understand why it's so important. My elders did not teach me this, okay? They taught me, my parents taught me how to hate. They taught me mm -hmm. how to see color and make an opinion based on body, somebody's color. When I went in, the military didn't teach me to be a black man. The military taught me how to be a man, okay? And it exactly. taught me how to be evaluated. And it then, it then it showed me that the only way that I will be judged is based on the character of what I bring to the table. It taught me to be my, bring my A game to everything that I become, everything that I do. Bring my As A your game. Character. So that's why. Not your yeah, That's my character, right? So. What I decided when I told, told people and I wrote my book, I'm Not Your Black, and the whole reason why I didn't have a problem with President Trump. See, I told people, while you calling me, who oh, you love Trump? Yeah. I said, I already know, even when those so-called black pastors went up and talked to Trump, what I knew is that they didn't talk to Trump. They was inferior to Trump. And Trump is like any other man. He can sniff a bitch, okay? I'm just saying he can sniff. <laughs> he can sniff a bitch. I like that. I'm he use that. he I'm can sniff that. inferiority, okay? 
He yeah. played them for the inferiority that they came to the table. And he wasn't supposed to give them something that they didn't come to the room with. See, I know that if I would have ever meet Trump or people like Trump, and I have, I come to the table with my A game. I'm telling you, I know exactly who I am. So if I ever were to have a conversation with Trump, he will know that, look at here, buddy, I am not your black. I've heard him say that, too. My blacks. First of all, I would check him on that nonsense. I am okay. not your black, okay? I am me showing, and I want to honor my heritage of American slave that this country did not honor when the founding of this country. I am a descendant of American slaves. I'm an American descendant of slaves. And I will stop and pause and wait for his response. And it, it just like that, just like you and I both did, just like what you and I both did, you spoke to that doctor and I spoke to my doctor, I will pause and wait and hear his response. Because we're not moving forward until you say, you acknowledge what I'm telling you? Or what do you say? Let's go and check and see what's going to happen. I may whip your ass, you may whip mine, but hey, what we both going to understand, we're going to get some respect up in here. Does that make sense? Yeah, you may whip my ass, but you're gonna know you've been in a fight. But you, oh, but brother, you, yeah, you may whip mine, but you're gonna know you was in a fight. That that's what you're gonna walk away hurt. But this yeah, is yeah, why I look gonna... at it, and I think when a lot of people and they when they bring race and they bring color and they bring all this shit right. into it, and they bring race in. Let's just say when they bring race into it, they're bringing they bring in race it from into the, it. yeah, but they're bringing it in from this kind of aggressive nature, of, right. You're a white man, and, and I'm the middle-aged white man. I'm the devil, according to... I've dealt with so many Farrakhan, yeah, Farrakhan, uh, yeah, all, all that ideology. Exactly. Right. And I've dealt with actors who are of African descent, black guys, who just claim that I'm so racist. And I'm like, really? How am I racist? Because I'm not going to... Let me put it to you this way. I ain't your white. So you said it. <laughs> See, say that again. Sure. Say it again. I am not... You're white. How there? We can have the conversation because when I first met you, Michonne, I didn't look at you as a black man. I didn't look you. I looked at you as a mentor, somebody who's been doing this a long time and has a lot to teach me, somebody just coming into this field. And that's how I looked at it. Now, I have admitted I wasn't always that way. In my early 20s, I looked as a, at a black person as a black person. If there was a crowd of black people, oh, they're probably talking about doing drugs and all. That was my ignorance shining. And I completely admit that. And it took a That's when you was being white. Mind. Check this out. That's, that's when, when I was, you being, was white. being That's when you was being white. Exactly. Ooh, we have some, now, you was being white and you wanted to identify your whiteness. And the only way you can identify your whiteness is to call someone black. But the moment exactly. that you woke up to that and everything, you became, I am not, brother, we just, brother, we just caused something <laughs> here today, brother. Hey, well, I tell, I, Yeah, I tell people all the time. That's how it is, man. I yeah. am not your black America. And Sean saying, what you saying, Sean? I am not your white. I am not your white America. <laughs> we are brothers. And, uh, Ms. Jordan's my brother. My have brothers of all races, all creeds, all colors, everything. And that's not like I'm sitting here going, everybody always says the first time somebody says, some of my best friends are black. The problem is that we have been 
pardon the expression, pussyfied by the media that we feel right. that as a white, uh, the mother in that, the way she the played, mother like, in that. I have to be overly sensitive to black people because I don't want, oh my God, I said black. Is that racist? Can I say? No, you have made it so we're paranoid to talk to people as people. It's like we have to, throw, we're like when if a black person walks up, like I have to look at it as you're a black person or I'm colorblind or I'm racist because I don't see color. No, I'm looking at your kid. I'm looking at you and saying, okay, well, this is a person walking up to me. Right. And, and and what they do from here is what's going to define how I think of them. Has exactly. But exactly. that movie. Sean, I am so glad. You, listen up, bro. You're going to be a regular co-host with me. We're going to have to continue doing this and making this happen because I want to yeah. reiterate. I am not your black. And Sean says. <laughs> I am not your white. <laughs> And based on that there, we can move oh. forward and we can be the example of two brothers who are created by in God's image who's trying to move forward and try to make a difference to make America greater than it's ever been and ever was, which is actually a spinoff in, in my book. Sean, give your last word. I think what I want people to understand more than anything is that I come from a long line of experiences and things in my life. And I have, I embrace cultures across the globe. I, I embrace people. I embrace ideas as much as I possibly can, but it all has to be equal on all sides. And I think that's where Michonne and I come together is that right. we can have opposite opinions about things, but still find a way to come together and make that one. And that's what we all are. We're all a human race. I'm not a white, I'm not a white guy. Michonne is not a black guy. We are a human being. And as long as we keep humanity alive, then there's no reason why everybody just can't coexist. Gay, straight, everything. We can all be together, but we just have to unify as a human race and just love one another. Tell everybody your podcast or your what you do and everything if they wanted to reach out to you, Sean. Cooking Kentucky is on YouTube. It's under my name, Sean Burton Saunders. Also look at Ville TV, um, Ville TV Network. You can Google that and find out a lot of things about what we're doing. You have just now been listening to a great show here on podcast with your uncle, me, Sean, the author of I'm Nacho Black America. This is, have been the conversation dot family. And guess what? You're part of the family. Thank you for being here, Sean. I look forward to Thank us you. moving forward and plenty more shows after here. The podcast, the new author, Uncle Me Show, I'm Not Your Black, from Louisville, Kentucky. This conversation, the family, you're my family.